Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, the long wait is finally over. We get football this week. It feels surreal, man. Like we uh, we have been breathlessly talking about God knows what since uh, since January, and here we are. We got actual football again. Now we can speak breathlessly about you know actual games. Yes, yes, we definitely will. But first, I got to talk breathlessly about our new sponsor, our buddies at New Trail, Dustin. Don't you know? Almost every week they actually release one or two beers, which is really cool. But the only problem is you got to make sure you get out there because they're here now and they're gone by next week. New Trail, they're known for their hazy IPAs and their double IPAs, but they also bring out some new ones. They mix in lagers, get this, lemonade-inspired beers, dark beer, Belgian styles, and much more. So ask for the new beers wherever you get your beer and make sure you check it out every week there's always something new coming they have such a great variety that's what i love dustin it's like i think it's like every week it's like well this week i'll go with this one next week i'll go with that one and uh i think they'll have enough beer to last you you know the full year but i love it here's the other here's the other one that let just let you know we'll be talking about this in the next couple weeks they have a whiteout beer. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that, but it doesn't get a whole lot more festive for a Penn State fan than that one. No, it does not. All right. Speaking of Penn State, let's finally talk about them. But I have one other note. Football actually started week zero this past weekend. We had we talked we we're talking about it off the air, Dustin. Northwestern upset Nebraska. And it just leads me to a question for you. Is it too early to start the James Franklin to Nebraska rumors? Call his agent, t- tell him that, and and you'll see the, the the light bulb come on over his head. Be like, oh, I think we can ex- extract a lower buyout number if we start linking James to to Nebraska. So don't be surprised by anything, I guess. <laughs> And what's really interesting is they redid Scott Frost's contract for this season where his buyout really goes lower come October 1st. That's the date to look out for, Dustin. So um, be on James Franklin watch on October 1st. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk Penn State, Purdue. Uh, Really something different for the Nittany Lions. They're going to be playing on Thursday night to start the season. We all know how James Franklin is about his schedule. He's so uh, meticulous about it. Here's what we do Wednesday. Here's what we do Thursday. And it's built around playing on Saturday. This is the first game, though. That should not mess him up, should it? No, I think for for him and and him being that creature of habit, this is kind of like the best case scenario. If you're going to have a Thursday game, I would imagine that James would want it to be week one where you can build the entire 
offseason down to the hour and the minute directly towards Thursday without getting into the flow of your Saturday weekly schedule and your in-season practice schedule and what occurs on what day. So now you get a chance to do this on a, on a Thursday to start the year, and they were able to plan all, all off-season for this. So if Penn State were to lose and if James Franklin were to say it's because they played on Thursday, anybody can call bullcrap on that one. Exactly. And I would also think, not that Penn State's going to take Purdue lightly this year. Uh, They're coming off a nine-win season, meaning Purdue. But Thursday night, there's only a handful of games, so you're going to have a good portion of the country watching your game. As a player, that's got to also help you, and playing at night to really ramp yourself up for this kind of game. I can't imagine the Penn State players as a team won't be up for this game. Yeah, I I think it's been clear from the get-go with the opponent. Um, Like you said, nobody's going to take these guys lightly. That is a dangerous team, a dangerous offense, a proven track record of success for for Jeff Brom and that Purdue program recently. Um, Just a dangerous uh, situation to go into. So I think the, the tone has been set early that there's going to be a challenge that you have to rise to. And I think, you know, last year, I have said it a bunch of times, last year they rose to that challenge going to Camp Randall in week one. That was a really concerning test for that particular team too, is going to a physical experience Wisconsin team uh, with with their crowd into it, everybody excited in week one. And I thought Penn State came out there and played really well and crisp. Um, I think that's encouraging for this one too. You know, there's, there's not going to be the luxury of sleepwalking through anything. You don't have the luxury of, of needing 15 minutes of game time to, to find your leg. Like you got to be ready at that opening whistle. And I feel like that tone has been set um, ever since they found out they were playing at Purdue in week one. Everybody's going to mean business. And I feel like in general, that's a pretty good thing for, for this Penn State team. They're, everybody knows what the situation is. And uh, I think they'll be energized by, by that crowd and uh, kind of rising to the challenge of trying to take that crowd out of it. And we have a situation here. I've described it this way. It's a huge game for both Purdue and Penn State. Purdue for a lot of reasons you know, coming off a good season, they're going to have a blackout crowd, I'm sure sold out. One of the few times their stadium will probably be rocking, but I've described it this way, Dustin. I think it's huge for Purdue if they win this game. I think it's huge for Penn State if they lose this game. Is that a fair description? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. You know, as as much as Purdue is kind of advanced when it comes to gaining a reputation in the Big Ten and being a dangerous team, they beat Tennessee in a bowl game to cap last season. I think they were nine and four. I mean, this is a good team and a good program, but I think the the burden is kind of on Penn State's shoulders to take care of business as a road favorite in this game. So Purdue has that kind of thing where they're, they'll play like they've got nothing to lose because they kind of don't. But I, I think... You know, I, I don't think that that's a burden that's too much for this Penn State team. I, I like their chances of going in there and uh, and playing well, but it is, I think, as you said, a bigger deal if Penn State loses this game and they're just taking care of business if they win it. But I think everybody who follows both of these teams in any capacity at all knows that it's, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. This is this is a a big task for Penn State, especially Week One with all these new components 
um, trying to bring all these things together, a new coordinator, all those new pieces on the on the defense. So it is a great big challenge that I think um, I think Penn State it's going to be up to them to rise to that challenge. As I said before, um, this is a good Purdue team. There's I don't think you can take anything for granted, and uh, we've seen how things can spiral when you lose in in heartbreaking fashion in Week One. So they're going to have to take care of business in this one. You of course alluding to Indiana a couple of years ago where. Yeah, that game seemed to spiral this team downhill. And we've also seen it other times where they've lost a disappointing game. And as much as James Franklin emphasizes that 1-0 every week, boy, when he goes 0-1, he often goes 0-2. He, he loses the following yeah. week. Dustin, let's look take a look at this Purdue team and what to expect from them. They have, and I love the way that it's described, a super senior quarterback, just like Penn State does with Sean Clifford. Um, Aiden O'Connell, a lot of folks think he might be uh, the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Is that fair? Uh, at least among the top handful of quarterbacks, let's put it that way. Yeah. But he loses probably his best weapon on offense in David Bell, a receiver that I really loved. It just seems like that guy always found a way to get open. He is not there anymore. What do you expect to see from the Purdue offense? Well, I think the the guys that they brought in, so not not just David Bell, but um, Milton Wright is out for the season because of academic stuff. So they're they're going to have a new core of playmakers. But I do feel like between a Aiden O'Connell and and him completing seventy two percent of his passes last year, and b Jeff Brom and just the the consistency in which. He can scheme guys open. I don't really think it's that big of a thing. Now, it being week one and having to work these new components in and these new transfer players in, um, I think there there's something to be said there. But I feel like he's going to get guys in space, and then it's up to them. And I think you've seen this offense a lot of times, and it contributes to um, O'Connell's high completion percentage, not making necessarily big-time deep throws, but – um, getting guys open in the short and intermediate area and creating space for them so they can make plays after the catch. That's going to be something that I'll be watching closely is, is Penn State's ability to swarm and limit the damage when they inevitably complete these passes. But yeah, there are going to be some new faces on this Purdue offense, but um, I feel like the scheme kind of wins the day. Um, and I feel like they're going to find productive guys no matter what. They got a whole bunch of guys involved last year. I would expect more of the same week one and throughout the, this whole season. But at least basing it on last season, this wasn't a Purdue team that could count on their rushing game. They're not going to run the ball well. Sound familiar, by the way? Yeah, I think uh, Purdue is one of the few teams in the entire country that Penn State wouldn't want to trade places with when it comes to running the ball. Uh, they're effective in their own way, and I think they maybe are, are one of those teams that can use short passes as a substitute for the run. But in that respect, you know, I, I don't hate the matchup for the Penn State defense. If you're going to look at strength on strength, that passing game versus this Penn State secondary, I would take my chances with that. And then you're going to have a team that's probably not going to be all that effective or all that interested in pounding the ball down your throat. That's That would be a bigger concern to me in week one. Uh, I know that the Purdue passing offense is dangerous and Aiden O'Connell is dangerous. And they're going to have guys darting around and, and running free through your secondary. But 
that plays into Penn State's strengths more so than if they were lining up eight offensive linemen and trying to run it down a pretty untested group in that front seven. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Strength on strength, produce passing attack versus Penn State secondary, and it's going to be a big test for for both sides right away uh, trying to make plays on each other. As we pick this conversation up in quarter number two, Dustin, that's what I want to talk about. Penn State's defense when Purdue has the ball. It's going to be really fascinating to see. Penn State, I think we have confidence in Penn State's defense. However, there's a lot of talent they're going to be replacing back there, not to mention a new defensive coordinator. And we've seen this on the other side of the ball It may take a couple games, it seems, with a new coordinator coming in. Is it going to be too much to ask new defensive coordinator Manny Diaz to have his team ready against such a high-powered offense that Purdue presents? We're going to talk about that when we get to quarter number two. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. It's the Penn State-Purdue week. Of course, this game is on the road. Pretty soon, though, Dustin will also have the home game. That means it's also time for tailgating. 
And no better way to tailgate than with our friends at GoPSURV.com. This is where you drive your car to Happy Valley. And Mark and his crew will have an RV set up waiting for you. Great way to spend the weekend. And this year, KSN is teaming up with the folks at GoPSURV.com to offer a special deal. You'd be the first to reserve the KSN special for either Ohio, that's the home opener, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State, and you'll get $500 off your RV. By the way, that's the first place Northwestern Wildcats, undefeated, 1-0. If you want to know all about it and get this great deal, just call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. $500 off. You can't beat the deal, Dusty. All right. When we ended in quarter number one, we were talking about when Purdue has the ball. We know Jeff Brom, great offensive coach. They chucked the ball around a lot. He's got a senior quarterback with lots of experience, very accurate, not a real good running game. Let's talk about how that plays into Penn State's defense. Maybe an entirely fresh new defensive line, if you consider P.J. Mustafer new after missing the last half of the season. New defensive coordinator with Manny Diaz, who talks often about getting pressure on the quarterback. So is that the key to this game when Purdue has the ball? Well, I, I do see it as kind of a, an interesting dynamic as far as that goes, because if you've got an offense that is very much in sync, in rhythm, and is getting rid of the ball quickly, and an experienced quarterback is, is going to know and is going to be able to do that, then how do you combat that? You know, I'm not sure that's a situation where you necessarily send a lot of extra bodies. You know, in my football simpleton mind, I, it just seems like bringing pressure directly in uh, his face, uh, Aiden O'Connell's face, seems like a good way to go. Because I don't know if pressure off the edge is really going to get there very often. You're going to have to really bend the edge and get there in a hurry if you're going to get there. And then certainly I think maybe you can disguise some stuff and have have your linebackers come you know, up, up the middle disguise uh, some coverage where you, you kind of fake a blitz and, and drop back into coverage. It's going to be an interesting thing where you're, you're going to have to choose how much pressure uh, with the understanding that the ball is going to probably come out quick and on time and versus putting a lot of bodies in that secondary to try to make it as difficult as possible on Aiden O'Connell. I think, you know, obviously somewhere in the middle there, but it's going to change the way that Manny Diaz thinks about this is knowing how, quickly that ball might come out and how unsuccessful I think maybe some traditional blitzes are going to be. So that's one dynamic that I'm really curious to see is, okay, how do you manage that? You know, what kind of pressure do you bring? Because obviously you're not going to want Aiden O'Connell to drop back and feel comfortable in the pocket. You have to make him feel uncomfortable some way or another, but when he's back there passing it, it's going to come out quick. And it, it just seems like, you know, we've seen a bunch of times uh, over the past couple of years when, when things have not gone well, gone well for Penn state, where they're getting close to getting to the quarterback, but they're not quite getting home. I, I just don't think you want to see that happen all that often uh, on Thursday night. Exactly. And, and and first of all, Dusty, I hate when you sell yourself short, calling yourself a football simpleton. It's not only in football, okay? In life, I know. 
<laughs> I know. Let's talk more about this strategy from Manny Diaz because this is fascinating to me. Everything that I'm hearing about Manny Diaz, the experts that we have on uh, who analyze his defense, talks about the different things he does to confuse the other quarterback. He does a lot of different things. But when you have a quarterback this experienced, are you looking to fool him? Or are you saying, you know what, let me play them straight up because I have so much confidence on my co- in my coverage guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's good, because you have confidence in your coverage guys, that allows you to try and experiment a bit in the middle of the field. If you feel comfortable that, let's say, Kalen King and Joey Porter Jr. and your safeties and Daquan Hardy can hold guys down one-on-one, that really starts to tilt the advantage into the defense's favor because the math starts to work out for you. You know, if you don't have to double anybody, which I don't really see anybody on this Purdue offense that you necessarily need to need to double, you got good corners, you got a bunch of them. You know, you can go four deep with proven cornerbacks on this Penn State team. You also can have you have a, a, another safety on the field, essentially, in Jonathan Sutherland. You can um, get more DBs on the field if you want. I think Penn State's depth there really works in, in their favor, but you're going to still see, like, I think the trust in those defensive backs allows you to, you know, stunt, to disguise, to to blitz, and and you have, you know, a whole offseason to come up with some things, especially for this Purdue team. And then, you know, this is where the chess match is. You know, how many of those wrinkles or disguises or how much trickery is Purdue expecting? You know, I think obviously they've they've looked at Manny Diaz and his tendencies as a coordinator, but now you've got him in a new situation with personnel that that there there may not be you know a ton of film on, and there's there's going to be some unexpected stuff, and that's going to kick off this chess match and who strikes first and how do you adjust along the way and along those lines. I mean, I think sometimes the Penn State defense didn't really adjust until halftime. You know, is Penn State able to adjust if Purdue does some crazy stuff too? Because looking back on some of their highlights from from last year, they're not afraid to get tricky. They're not afraid to go with some gadget plays and stuff. You're going to have to be ready for everything. Uh, and I think it's such an it's such a good test for Manny Diaz up front. But I think he's going to have some fun with this one. On the surface, at least, as you said earlier in the show, Dustin, I think I'd rather this team. I was more scared a year ago of Wisconsin and the way they play. Now, as it turned out, Penn State's defense did pretty well a year ago. Let's see how they do now with the complete opposite type of team in Purdue and and what they could do. Like I said, on the surface, with Penn State's defensive backfield, the quality and quantity that they have back there it would seem that they're well set to play against Purdue's offense. Let's now go the other way, Dustin. Let's talk about when Penn State has the ball. What are we looking at with uh, Purdue's defense? My quick take on it is it's a rather nondescript defense, and they lost their best player in George Karloftis, the defensive end, who was a first-round NFL draft pick. So what does their defense look like this year? 
Well, I think the one thing that stood out as I, as I watched as much of this team as I could from, from last season was they do play with attitude and energy. And I think it's, it's one of those things, you know, so often you have a high octane offense or you have a program that's known for offense and they, they deprioritize defense. I didn't really get the feeling that they deprioritize defense. I just don't know that they've got a lot of, you know, four star plus type talent on this side of the ball. I think they've got some really solid players, but I think Penn State's going to out athlete them in a pretty big way at a lot of different spots. So, you know, what does that mean for, for them? I feel like, you know, there's, there's a good chance that Parker Washington can kind of bust loose on, on a short type play. These tight ends, I don't know how they're going to match up with all three of those guys. Um, I don't, I don't know that I'm terribly concerned about their D line one on one with Penn State's offensive line. Um, so I, I do feel like this, this is a defense that is going to play solid. They're going to play fast. They're going to swarm to the ball. They're going to do all the things you want your defense to do. But I think Penn State's just going to have you know, more firepower, I feel like than they can, they can handle over the course of 60 minutes. Now there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. If Penn state can't establish the run, if they're behind the chains, then they're going to start shooting themselves in the foot. But if they can execute, I like Penn state's chances of scoring points in this one. And just like last year, where it, it did seem like going into the game, there was a good chance that Penn state's defense was the best unit on the field. The burden is now on the Penn state offense. I think if, if they emerge in this game as the best, unit on the field, Penn State wins this thing. And I think that's a, that's a distinct possibility. You know, I, 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 I obviously, if I had to pick one of these two quarterbacks to lead an offense, Aiden O'Connell is a little bit more established and he's a little bit more accomplished. But, you know, it's not that I, I don't think they have a huge advantage necessarily at that spot. And then if you look at all the different playmakers that Penn State's got, I mean, this is this has a chance to be a really good offense, a lot of really good pieces to it. They could be the best unit on the field on Thursday night. And I I, I feel like that's going to be the case. We'll get into my prediction then. But if that if that ends up how it plays out, Penn State will uh, will have a really good shot to win this game. If you're Mike Yursich, how are you looking to attack this defense? And there were times a year ago when I never felt comfortable or thought they felt comfortable with their run-pass mix. It seems like when they were running a lot, they were forcing it. And then there were other times they just didn't go to it enough. Maybe it was just they weren't very good at it. So no matter how much they did it, it didn't seem like the right amount, Dusty. I think there's something to be said. I'd be curious to hear what our, our buddy Ross Tucker has to say about this, but I think there's something to be said about setting a tone for a, a revamped offensive line for a revamped running game. I think there's something to be said about early in this game, being able to try to blow Purdue off the line of scrimmage and get that run game going because it's once you know, and everybody knows that you're struggling in the ground game, that's when it becomes a head game. Like as, as you mentioned, where they're, they're not pressing the right buttons. It's a lot easier to press the right buttons on offense when that part of it is working. So I, I think they're, you're going to see them come out and try to establish this. I also think, you know, creating space and letting your athletes be athletes um, is going to be part of it. You know, I, I really like Penn State's chances of, let's say, Keandre Lambert-Smith going against Purdue's third best cornerback. I like that matchup. I like Parker Washington on just about anybody. I think individually, I mean, the tight ends should be able to get open. All three wide receivers should be able to get open. I think there's going to be opportunities, even though I respect Purdue's defense. That's exactly it. You've got to think going into this game that Penn State is playing 
with four-star players against many three-star players. And if you're Mike Yersich, how about spreading out that defense? This is what he wants to do, that you could find a matchup somewhere, whether it's one of your three wide receivers, as you said, Keandre Lambert-Smith against their number three defender. How about their tight end? How about a running back coming out of the backfield? Who do you have covering Nick Singleton if he comes out of the backfield? All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number two. In quarter number three, I'm going to ask you the keys to victory for Penn State. We're going to get your prediction and your bold prediction. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching a game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, I'm really excited about this segment. We've got football this week, but now we're going to get keys to victory. We're going to get predictions. All of that. In fact, I am going to give my prediction this quarter also. And not to brag, but in placing my bets this weekend, I took Northwestern. I am 1-0. Like the Wildcats, I am undefeated so far in my bets. So if there's a guy you want to follow, it's this guy. It means, it means you're due to come back to earth. So if they're, in that respect, fade him. Fade Jimmy G this week. He's due, to, he's due for a loss. He's on a one-game no. winning streak. 
oh, I'm on a hot streak, Dustin. You got got to ride with me. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's first of all let's talk keys to victory. When we finished up quarter number two, we were talking about when Penn State has the ball. Let's start there. Your Mike Yursich, your Sean Clifford, your James Franklin. They're in conference. They're in meetings this week with each other. What are they saying? What are they talking about accomplishing this week? Well, I I, I would think, you know, especially if they put their money where their mouth was all through the spring and then through the start of the summer, we're prioritizing the run game, the run game, the run game, the run game. I do think you're going to see that. And I do think it's important in a game like this when you're going on the road, you're expecting a pretty, a pretty rocking crowd. You're playing a team that, that can, that can kind of score in a hurry. That's dangerous. Um, if you have the opportunity to try and establish that run game, if you can sustain and move the chains a, a little bit with the, uh, with that, then you can set some other things up from there. I think it would just be such a big victory, especially after all the talking points from the past year. No 100-yard rushers. Uh, the offensive line has been shamed. The running game has been shamed. You know, I feel like they're going to want to try to prove a point, and I do think it's a nice formula to try and stick to is try to set that running game up for success. And if you're able to establish that early, you're able to kind of get the crowd impatient a little bit. Um, put together a long scoring drive early in the first quarter. Uh, it'll help you settle in as a team too, if you find a little bit of success on the ground. So that's one thing right off the bat is to try to try to get that running game going, stay patient with it if you need to, um, and and try to get your offensive line feeling good about itself. Well, first of all, answering the question the way I shaped it with those three guys, Clifford, Yursich, and Franklin in one room, I think the first thing I do is I walk down the hallway, knock on the door of the offensive line room, and talk to Phil Troutwine about getting that group doing their job. And one of the things that I think will be important also, Dustin, is third downs, duh, again, obvious stuff. But if you remember last year against Wisconsin, that first half, I think they had a total of one first down. You know, are you, Mike Yursich, prepared when it's third down and three, third down and four, are you ready? Is there something you have ready to go with that you have the confidence that in that situation, it's not third and eight or third and 10, but third and reasonable, something that you can rely on, that you can hang your hat on. And the other point, Dustin, in talking about that running game, isn't the success of an RPO also so much predicated on establishing it? Make those linebackers respect the fact that you may run the ball because you've been successful at it and it opens everything else up. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. On, on the RPO stuff, but you know, consistent losses one-on-one -on -one up front in that respect, in, in that part of the game, you know, it doesn't make the defense doesn't have to have a lot of respect because if you're holding the ball and you're and you're uh, looking for that mesh point and trying to read what's going on, but you're losing, you know, one, two, or three of those one-on-one -on -one matchups, what does any of that matter? So I think 
obviously you got to win those one-on-one matchups. You know, you got to hold your ground on those. You got to give your quarterback a reasonable read. Um, whether you respect the running the the running back or not, whether you respect that threat, if you're getting into the backfield and you're running free, it doesn't matter what you do or don't respect. You know, I, I think that that's something that you know with the RPO stuff, you're gonna have to hold a block for you know a fraction of a second longer for sure. You know, you gotta you gotta win those one on one matchups. You know, it's everything's predicated on, on that. But but yeah, I think. Um, you know, that element of an offense doesn't work really well whenever you can't get anything going. And, and when everybody in the stadium knows that you're struggling to get something going, it's hard to catch anybody off balance. It's, it's hard to um, catch a, a defense sleeping. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to see these guys win those matchups and, and establish that run game and then use that to maybe set up some other stuff and uh, help them stay calm. I think it's another big thing is, is as an offense, especially as um, – understanding that you're not going to score every drive that just because you're punting it away, it's not the end of the game. You know, I think just making sure you can kind of keep your pulse under control. Um, But I think the running game helps with that too. Okay. Now you're going to be in with Manny Diaz. What are you doing to help Manny Diaz out? What advice are you giving him? Well, I think first of all, my thought would be you're going to give up catches, keep it in front of you. You know, and there that's not to say that we're going to play conservative. We're going to drop back. It's just to say that um, these guys are going to slash and dash. They're going to scheme guys open. They're going to understand what we're doing. Sometimes we're going to have to bend a little bit, but let's capitalize when we got opportunities to get off the field, capitalize when mistakes are made. If the ball hits the turf, if there's an overthrow, uh, whatever, make sure you capitalize on those opportunities and get some quick change type of situation going. These guys are going to have success. It's just going to happen. No matter what we do, this offense is good enough that they're going to move the ball a little bit. Uh, you just got to kind of hang in there and make sure that you're swarming to the ball and keeping things in front of you and not making big mistakes that break open big gains. So I think with that tone in mind, you can obviously you're going to want to pressure the quarterback and do all that stuff, but it's going to be really important to just accept that Purdue's going to have some success. You just have to minimize how much damage they do and capitalize on any opportunity you have to get off the field. What you know, if you make a play behind the line of scrimmage on first down and you've got a second and 14, that's an opportunity to get off the field. Capitalize on that. You know, and and similar situations like that. Um you're going to give up some things, but make sure when you have a chance, you take advantage of it. And I'm really dying to see these new set of defensive ends. Who's going to come up? Is it Adisa Isaac? Is it Chop Robinson? Is it going to be Denied Dennis Sutton? You know, can we get someone? A year ago, Arnold Ibikiti made a play, some kind of play every single game. Is there going to be somebody who has that consistency? All right, Dustin, I wanted to leave enough time because I don't want you to cut this short. We need your prediction, key to victory, and your bold prediction for the game. So I think my big key, would it centers around the Penn State offense and it centers around being calm and composed. You've got a six-year quarterback. You've got a fourth-year starter. You've got somebody who's seen all the environments in the Big Ten, who's played in a bunch of big games. You need to be able to channel that and allow your offense to stay focused and calm and just believing that you're going to make plays. And I think that's going to be a big key for them. Uh, In terms of uh, game and score prediction, I've got it 29-27 
Penn State. I think it's going to be one of those games that is going to come down to the last uh, couple minutes of the fourth quarter, maybe the last possession. Um, and, I, and I like Penn State. I just think over the course of 60 minutes, that athleticism edge, I don't see a lot of um, glaring disadvantages for Penn State. You know, obviously the Purdue offense is dangerous, but um, I think the Penn State offense might be just as dangerous in their own right. Um, and this would be a nice prove-it game for them. And I feel like they'll have that chip on their shoulders. I've got it 29-27. Um, but the bold prediction I would probably make is that Penn State breaks the 100-yard rusher slide, and it's Nick Singleton who's, who's the 100-yard guy. That'll be my somewhat bold prediction. I have no idea what this running back rotation is going to look like. I'm not sure anybody really does, but it's going to, it's hard for me to believe that if, if uh, Nick Singleton touches the ball 12, 13, 15, 16 times, he's not going to break one for 20 plus. And you know what? I mentioned this several weeks ago, Dustin, when the conversation came up about Nick Singleton, I, I think it'll take till what, maybe the third possession till, you know, they'll give Kevon Lee the, those first couple possessions. And if that third possession, Nick Singleton comes in and it's a successful uh, possession, guess what? We now have our new number one running back, and I would not be surprised to see that. Okay, Dustin, I mentioned that I would also give my prediction, which I want to give and then give you time to respond to it. I do believe it's set up well for Penn State that this type of team, Penn State's defense, is well set up to deal with it, with their great defensive backs. I also think it's an advantage here. Manny Diaz, this isn't the same Penn State defense that Purdue has seen year after year after year from Brent Pry. I think Manny Diaz will show them something different, and I think that will be helpful. And I also think one thing that gets forgotten in all this, I think Penn State just has better players. They are the better team, and it will take, not that it's impossible for this to happen, turnovers or Sean Clifford making mistakes. I think I don't think Purdue would win. I think it's possible for Penn State to lose if they make those kind of mistakes. If not, if both teams bring their A game, I think uh, Penn State is a two-touchdown winner. I think it'll be 31-17. And how's this for a bold prediction? Friday, day after the game, I predict we're going to be talking about this offensive line opening up holes for the running backs and giving Sean Clifford time to throw the ball. If if that's the talking point on Friday, then your game prediction very well could be correct. You know, if if that is the, if they have success in that way, um, it would just be such a an important tone setter to not just win the game, but to win it in that fashion. I think there's an opportunity for that, without a doubt. Um, and I do think, as you said, if Penn State is able to limit mistakes and play this thing straight up and not shoot themselves in the foot, they're they're a candidate to win it by by more than the three and a half point spread for sure. Um, two touchdowns is a lot. I think there that's a race to 30 in, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, I, I do like Penn state winning this thing and getting this season started off in the right way. I do too. Obviously, Dustin, that is the way I will be betting. All right, stick around quarter. Number four, we have Nate Wilmot in. he's the guy who does all the statistical analysis work for, for the He has a great statistical comparison between Aiden O'Connell and Sean Clifford. You don't want to miss that. Stick around. 
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. It's quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante with our guest, Nate Wilmot, from the website ForTheBloggy.com. Nate does the great statistical analysis work there. Nate, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jim. Glad to be here again. Uh, three days or so away from a football game, so it's a very exciting week. It is. And speaking of the game, it is Penn State, Purdue. Your most recent work, you did a great comparison of the two starting quarterbacks this week, both of them super seniors, which just means they both took advantage of the extra COVID year. So they're in their sixth year, and that's Aiden O'Connell from Purdue and Sean Clifford from Penn State. And you did that comparison using something you call Relative Performance Index, or RPI. First of all, could you explain to our listeners what RPI is? Yep, of course. So it's it's quite simple, I think, actually. So if um, you take any stat, let's say for quarterback, um, yard per passing attempt, um, and then you look at how they've performed against what their opposing defensive or defenses have averaged giving up. So if an opposing defense um, averages giving up six yards per passing attempt, but a uh, quarterback averaged 7.2 yards against that defense, then they would have an RPI of 120%. So 120%. It's always on a percentage basis. Um, if the defense was giving up six yards, 
uh, and the quarterback in the game only got 5.4, then they would have an RPI of uh, 90%. So we're looking for quarterbacks doing better if their RPI is higher uh, in a percentage basis than, um, you know, against the defense. So you get points. It import, it's important the quality of the defense. So if you're twenty percent better than what a really good defense gives up, you may not have gotten a lot of raw numbers, but you're better than what that defense typically gives up. Now you mentioned yards per attempt. What other statistics do you use in this RPI for the quarterbacks? Yeah, so this is a fairly labor-intensive effort. So uh, we keep it just with those stats that I can get access to fairly easily. So we look at completion percentage, which I think is a meaningful one. Um, if a defense typically is is not allowing a lot of percent, uh, high completion percentage, but a quarterback still gets it, that shows um, that they have good accuracy and good decision-making. Uh, yards per attempt, we mentioned already. Um Passing touchdowns is one. So, you know, how many pass touchdowns does uh, a quarterback get against what an opposing defense allows? That's also an indicator sort of of the offensive scheme, too. And we'll talk about that likely a little bit later. Um, Passing attempts per game. So I like to see if a team uh, or a quarterback or the offense um, has more or fewer on average pass attempts. And that's absolutely dictated by the offensive scheme. And then lastly, quarterback rating. So if, you know, that, that's kind of the, I guess, the end-all be-all. And if they are having a, a high RPI and quarterback rating, then generally they're doing much better uh, than what they would be expected to against a, a strong defense. Now, when you merge all this together, do you weigh the different statistics differently? Is each one weighted comparably? How does that work? We, well, I mean, it's all open for interpretation, right? But at the end of it, we try to take, um, and especially when when we have a head-to-head matchup, we try to take them all together and then predict what the quarterbacks will, will, you know, a a range that the quarterbacks will fall into uh, for the game. So, you know, using Penn State and Purdue defenses, uh, we look at their kind of last three-year average and then see how the quarterback performed on a relative performance index basis and then we can get a range of what we'd expect for Sean Clifford and Aiden O'Connell going into the game this year so it's all got kind of equal weight but you know so certainly some stats are more meaningful than others like yards per attempt is you know one of the kind of gold standard uh, basic quarterback stats for um, for a quarterback whereas um, pass attempts per game is much more indicative of you know just the offensive scheme that they have. All right, let's look now specifically at what you found out about Sean Clifford and Aiden O'Connell, the two quarterbacks who we'll see this Thursday between Penn State and Purdue. Yep. So, you know, luckily they, they both had quite a few starts. So Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell started um, or played a lot in 2020 and 2021. Sean Clifford obviously played a lot in 2019 through 2020, 2021. Um, if we start in completion percentage, uh, and we've done this on – uh, home and away, or yeah, yeah, home and away splits. So away neutral and home splits. For completion percentage, interestingly, Sean Clifford has a 102 performance or RPI uh, away and a 101 home. So he is um, basically taking from a completion percentage on average exactly what um, the defenses want to give up. And, and you know, there's a range here. He's gone as low as about 75 in terms um, in one game up to 140%. So he's got that, he's got a fairly wide range as you will see all of them do. Aiden O'Connell on the other hand uh, for completion percentage has a, has a very low away versus home split 115% uh, 
um, each way, uh, but he's at 115% completion percentage, uh, so considerably higher. Now, you know, you, you could look into that and see how, you know, how far downfield his passes are going or, you know, is he showing a lot, throwing a lot of shorter ones? And I think with David Bell last year, at least there was a lot of relatively short passes that, that David Bell turned into long receptions. Um, but on balance, uh, Aiden O'Connell completes a lot higher pass rate uh, on the RPI than Sean Clifford does. And um, that's probably it, not a surprise yeah. to people. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. And, and, you know, Sean Clifford does take, tend to take some deep shots, right? His, his completion percentage um, hasn't been the best over time. And, um, you know, he, he's got it spread out here. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of variability between 2019 through 2021, uh, Aiden O'Connell at home last year, uh, his lowest RPI uh, for completion percentage at home was about 107 or so. So he is going to complete a lot of passes at home uh, this week, certainly. Now, he does lose a lot of weapons uh, from last year as well. So we'll see how that manifests. But uh, he's going to be balanced. He's going to complete a lot of passes. Uh, in terms of yards per attempt, uh, here's a case where Aiden O'Connell has a 112 in uh, both home and away. So again, fairly fairly consistent, uh, independent of the location. Sean Clifford at home has 112% uh, RPI in yards per attempt for, for, again, home games. And then in away games, he drops down. So he's about 97% in away. So he might um, fare a little bit worse uh, in the away games than you would expect him to at home, which is an interesting stat. So here, you know, maybe um, we'll, we'll get to where Purdue was last year, but here's a case where maybe Sean Clifford is going to be a little bit down um, in RPI versus Aiden O'Connell. Um, in passing touchdowns, um, O'Connell is 165% passing touchdowns uh, generated versus what a defense would normally allow. So, you know, again here, this is a, a two-thirds increase. So if a team is giving up um, two passing touchdowns per game, he's going to be expected to get about 2.7 passing touchdowns per game. Clifford uh, at home is 141% and then away a little bit below at 94%. So, he, you know, Sean Clifford has a lot broader um, home away splits than Aiden O'Connell does, who's virtually like you know, the same whether he plays at home or away, which, you know, could potentially speak to the fact that ross Aid Stadium is not, you know, the biggest home field advantage for him, right? And, and he's not, you know, that bothered when he's at in, in away environments, but he's also not gaining that much uh, when he's at home. But he's doing exceptionally well in both places. Penn State's defense in the past three years has obviously been considerably better than Purdue's defense. Um, notably, uh, Penn State is allowing 6.7 yards per pass attempt. Purdue is generating or is allowing 7.6 yards per pass attempt. So that one yard is, is a very big difference. Penn State allows 1.1 passing TDs a game. Purdue is 1.5. Uh, and Penn State allows about a 120, uh, 122 quarterback rating, whereas Purdue is 137. So, you know, this is important because even if, um, you know, O'Connell should outperform what Penn State would normally allow, assuming they are as good as they were in the past couple of years, Clifford, uh, be, if he is getting what Purdue just allows, um, they're going to be very comparable statistically. So you don't look at a huge advantage for the quarterbacks in this case. And, and what we have is that Clifford should have a completion percentage between 60 and 67. O'Connell is going to be between 64 and 74. Yards per attempt, Clifford 6.2 to 8.2. Um, O'Connell 6.7 to 8.4. So, you know, unless... In this case, O'Connell performs at his absolute best and Clifford performs uh, at his absolute worst expectation. They're going to be kind of within range of each other. Passing a or touchdown, um, expected passing touchdowns is going to be 
about the same, about one to two or 1.3 to 2.3 for uh, O'Connell. And then uh, quarterback rating. Quarterback rating, actually, interestingly, is a place where um, the range for Clifford is, is very broad. So 112 to 153 uh, compared to 132 to 146 for O'Connell. So, you know, Clifford, if he really kind of does an amazing job this week, he could actually outperform um, O'Connell uh, based on what he has done in his past. So, like, you know, on, Clifford's average performances are fairly low, not low, but they're, you know, kind of expectation of what he would get. But then he's had some very, very high uh, breakout things as well. So we'll see how this goes, but it's quite exciting, I think. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday. Tell any Penn State fan or most Penn State fans that there could be a huge range of outcomes for Sean Clifford. I don't think that's going to come as much of a surprise. In going through this study of the two players, though, was there anything that surprised you from the statistics that came to light? You know, as, as much as anything, it's how good Aiden O'Connell has been and how consistently good he has been against the opponent expectation. He he has very he has had in the past couple of years a lot of very few weaknesses, and his 2021 season was actually very good. If, and you'll see if you look at the article when it comes out, the red dots are 2021. His red dots are very, very high, so they've been good. But again, uh, he's lost a lot of weapons coming into this year. Um, Clifford's red dots, um, the 2021 maybe are a little bit low, but I also did an analysis, um, in the past couple of weeks to, to see how he performed before and after the Iowa injury. Um, and before the injury, he was kind of a top 50 quarterback in the country. And afterwards he was a, you know, kind of bottom 30 quarterback in the country. And that's a factor of, you know, things like the injury. I'm I'm sure that, um, just his performance wasn't as good, but also, you know, what did they limit him? doing last year after he was hurt to protect him a little bit too and kind of took some of the took some of the playbook away from from the offense which was fairly limiting they before his injury were averaging 5.9 yards per play afterwards for the rest of the season with Clifford playing most of it were averaging 5.1 so um there was a big big hit in yards per play yards per pass attempt and you know certainly some of that was just purely the injury but then also adjusting scheme to protect him and try to make up for it otherwise while you know having your leader in there um, so we'll see how that goes, but that that is going to impact you know his RPI from last year after after the Iowa game. In the half minute we have left, a couple weeks ago you did your predictions for the whole season based on your analysis. I believe you had uh, Purdue just edging out Penn State in the game. Doing this quarterback analysis, does that change how you think about this game at all? So. You know, for, for how I personally think about it, I think Penn State's going to win by 10 or more points. Um, the algorithm, right, that we use isn't going to bear that out for a little while, but I think I am very confident that um, the defensive line is as strong as it's going to be, the secondary is strong as it's going to be. We'll see how the, the linebacking core goes. The offense, with all their weapons that they have, are going to come out and, you know, really hit the ground running, frankly, like they did last year, um, and win by 10 or more points. That is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew.
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with GoPSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with GoPSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.